Okay, uh, we're going to um, look at scripture together. Uh, there's an outline for you in your bulletin. Uh, we have one of those every week, and so I hope that you'll pick that up. Um, just thinking together about um, this, this Christmas story, you know, I love... Uh, cute at Christmas. That's always good, right? Because uh, no matter what, how they do, they just are so cute about it. But I also have been praying that God would help us to have substantive truth. Because not only do we need cute Christmas, we need, we need God to come and to help us with the needs that we have. And so uh, I hope that'll happen for you today. Today's kind of a uh, quick message, so you got to get on the edge of your seat, get your pencil and your little paper out, and let's go, all right? Let's hear. Um, what I want to talk to you about is uh, that Christianity is joyful faith, joyful faith. And so Christmas choices that can help create joy uh, for us. Uh, Jesus said that I have told you these things that your joy would be full. So we are a singing faith. We have more songs at Christmas than any other time as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Uh, in the Bible, the story of the first Christmas, the word joy is used eight different times. It's really a major theme in the Christmas story. That's why we say things like Merry Christmas instead of scary Christmas or some other word like that. Uh, it's a party. It's a celebration. It's a birthday. It's a, it's a festival. Uh, now, I don't know what you think of when you think about joy, uh, like what what brings you joy? What, uh, what in the world is joy anyway? Well, we know that joy is an emotion, something that we feel. Uh, we, we love joy as an emotion, uh, but, you, but you realize that it's far more than that. Do you know the difference between happiness and joy? Happiness is based on what is happening, the happenings that are going on uh, around you, what happens to you. That's happiness. It depends on circumstances, but joy is a choice. You choose joy. Joy is long-lasting where happiness can be temporary. Um, happiness is external, related to circumstances around us, where joy is an internal character of our life, what happens on the inside. So happiness can depend on the moment where joy is inside and around us. Uh, I gave you a little definition of joy right there. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. That right there will give you joy. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Now, that's a whole lot different than just feeling good, right? Feeling good, instead, but instead having joy as a choice of my character, my commitment to God who wants you to have a joy-filled life. Now, wouldn't the world be a greater place if everybody had joy, right? Uh, it would be so much nicer to live in. You would have no cranky people. Don't raise your hands. No cranky people, no grumpiness, no attacking people. There would be no judgmentalism, no self-righteousness, people putting each other down. I mean, if everybody had joy, it would be a pretty nice place to live, right? Yeah, somebody's pointing to somebody. I'm not going to call them out. Um, you know, the truth is we don't have joy all the time. Uh, you don't have it all the time because it sort of drains out of your life, right? It sort of oozes out. Um, why don't we have joy all the time? 
Uh, mainly because we don't understand that there are barriers to joy, things that we have to deal with, struggles that we have to have. So there are kind of joy depleters or joy uh, drainers. So what takes away the, the joy? They are things that are enemies uh, of joy. So this Christmas, I wanted you to think about some of the story of Christmas and look at some of the things that took away joy or could take away joy and the choices that we could make to allow joy to happen in us. So we're going to look at Mary and Joseph and uh, the wise men today so that my hope is that you can walk out of here with a desire to have a joyful Christmas. Now, you already got cute Christmas, right? We got that. Uh, that'll happen over and over again. But let's have a substantive choice about joy uh, in our life. Now, uh, the first thing you have to notice is if, you, if you're going to have joy, one of the joy stealers is anxiety. Anxiety <coughs> or worry. So the number one thing that steals joy out of your life is anxiety. Anxiety is when you, what I'm talking about is getting stressed out. When you're nervous or scared or afraid or overwhelmed, uh, any time that you get stressed out with worry and fear around you, it just takes away the joy. I mean, when anxiety comes in the front door, joy goes out the back door. Uh, distress is the opposite of delight. So what we have to realize is when you look at the, the Christmas story, you know, you have this little picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And man, you just don't realize how much stress Mary was under, right, ladies? I mean, man, she was under stress. The first Christmas had this incredible anxiety-producing uh, situation for Mary. Now, notice she's young. Uh, we don't exactly know how old she is, but they got married very young. Their age span was about to about 30, so you had to get married early to get it all in, right? You know, so they, um, they got married really early. Um, so she's a very young woman. Uh, she's barely a teenager, and she's a young teenager, and she's engaged to be married. And then there's this thing called the virgin birth. What in the world is that? Uh, it never happened before to any woman in the past, a birth with, without a husband. Well, what, what's going on here? It's a virgin birth. So how are you going to explain that as a young teenager to your mom? Hey, mom, I'm 13 and I'm pregnant. Really? Yeah, well, who's the father? God. God is the father. Mm -hmm. Would you believe your daughter? Uh, how's that going to explain that to your friends? It, uh, it creates a lot of stress, right? A virgin birth. She's single. She's in a little town. There's plenty of gossip about her. Um, and then just a few days before she's going to give birth, she's got to make this journey, a two or three day journey, either walking or maybe on a donkey. I mean, if your water's going to break, it's certainly going to be on a donkey, right? Uh, bouncing around. Uh, I mean, here she is uh, having to have this baby and she ends up in Bethlehem. There's no place to stay. There's no hope hotel. Um, they're sleeping in a stable with a bunch of farm animals. That night, here's this little girl who never had a relationship with a man. She's having a baby, delivers her own baby without her mom, without her aunts, without her sisters, with no midwife. By, I mean, it's stress producing, right? Now, here's the point. <coughs> uh, when Mary was afraid, when Mary was afraid, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. 
When Mary was afraid, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. Um, the story is in uh, Luke 1. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. She was much older than, than Mary. She's an elderly lady who has a baby later in life, and her baby was John the Baptist. And it says, God sent the angel Gabriel to the village of Galilee to a young virgin girl named Mary. <coughs> At that time, Mary was legally engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Suddenly an angel appeared to Mary and said, greetings, highly favored woman, the Lord is with you. Frightened and disturbed by this, Mary wondered what the angel could possibly mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have been chosen by God for this purpose. The Lord is with you. Don't you notice that the angel always comes along and he says things like, don't be afraid. You've been, you've been chosen by God. <clears throat> the Bible is incredibly clear that God has a purpose for your life, just like he did with Mary. God has a purpose and a plan for all of us, but we can miss the purpose. We can miss making the choice that Mary did if we don't trust God and accept his plan. She trusted God and accepted his plan and purpose for her. Mary could have missed that. Mary was afraid. Mary was stressed out, but she tr chose to trust God. The scripture goes on. It says, then Mary, uh, it says, the angel continued, you will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Your child will be the greatest, the son of the most high God. He will sit on David's throne as king forever, and his kingdom will never end. You're talking about stress. Now you're going to have the perfect child. You got to raise the son of God. Uh, so everything is stressed out for her. Um, she is struggling. It sounds like she's got this incredible birth announcement. It's not a normal situation. So she asks the obvious question. She says, how is this possible? I never slept with a man. The angel replied, God's Holy Spirit and his creative power will overshadow you. So your baby will be the Holy Son of God. It will be a miracle just as your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age for nothing is impossible with God. Now, just by the way, that's a principle from the Bible. It's not a principle for Mary. It's a principle for you. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Would you just say that out loud? Nothing is impossible with God. It's a biblical principle that God wants you to know that when you're afraid, when you're uncertain, when you're filled with anxiety, God wants you to trust him, put your trust in him so that he can help you to accept his plan and know that he has a plan and a purpose for you. Look at the last word there. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything be, everything you have said come true. And the angel left her. I mean, that is a pretty mature response, right? From a young, from a young girl. Have you ever said that to God? Have you ever said, um, Lord, these are my fears. These are my struggles. These are my worries, but I trust you. I trust you. I know that you have my best in mind. Uh, you know, if you haven't said that to God, that's probably why you're filled with worry. You're trying to manage it on your own. But when you're anxious or stressed out, recognize that God wants to bring you joy. Luke 147, Mary says, my spirit finds its joy in God, my Savior. 
My spirit didn't find joy in watching TV or on social media or the latest Italian dinner, you know, none of that stuff. Uh, it was a recognizing that anxiety steals your joy, so you have to trust God and accept his plan. What a great way to bring joy into your Christmas. Number two, second destroyer of joy is resentment over a hurt. Resentment over a hurt. Now, you cannot be resentful and joyful at the same time. Just nod your head, right? You cannot be resentful and joyful at the same time. Where does resentment come from? Resentment comes from hurts when you've been wounded. Everybody in this room has been hurt. Uh, everybody listening to me online, welcome this morning. If you're listening to me, you know what it feels like to have hurt, whether it's abuse or some kind of difficult situation, some emotional bro uh, brokenness. Uh, and if you have that, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, because we live in a broken world. The world's not fair. People get hurt. People, uh, sometimes intentionally, unintentionally, we get hurt by others. We get hurt by other people. And as a result, we are all uh, wounded, some by rejection or betrayal or mistreatment. Uh, you know, you can't be filled with resentment and have joy. So what does that have to do with the Christmas story? I mean, you ever considered Joseph and his resentment over this whole situation? I mean, he has this wife-to-be. I'm sure she was pretty. She's nice. He's excited about getting married. He's never even been with her. Huh? And she says, honey, I got some news. I'm pregnant. I mean, how betrayed would you feel? Your fiancé. In, 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 in a Jewish setting, legally connected to her. I mean, such disappointment, such betrayal. Maybe you know that feeling. I mean, the Bible says that Joseph and Mary were committed to each other. Um, you know, in that day, the only way to break off, the, you know, it wasn't like they didn't want to get married anymore and they just broke it off. No, it meant they had to get like a divorce. It was a legal thing, a legal contract. And if you broke that contract, uh, you know, you, you, just because you didn't want to get married, that wasn't the way that they did it in that time. So it was a very serious thing. And he's upset. He's upset. He's got every right to be mad. His fiance is pregnant. But notice. He did not get bitter. He did not get resentful. As a matter of fact, when Joseph was hurt, he chose to offer grace. He chose to offer grace and to let it go. <laughs> let it go. He chose to offer grace and let the pain, the hurt, the wounds. Uh, I mean, God, God could have saved. I was just thinking the other day. God could have saved a whole lot of trouble for Joseph. I was thinking, you know, why didn't he just tell them both at the same time? That would have made the whole thing a lot easier, wouldn't it? He's going to tell Mary. Why didn't he just get them both together and say, here's the deal? Uh, no, no, no. He couldn't do that. He had to make it difficult on him. He had to make her, him think that she had been unfaithful. to So uh, why is that? What was he doing? God was testing Joseph's character. He wanted to see... Will he be compassionate? Will he be forgiving? Will he be loving? Will he be a godly man? Or is he going to try to get even? You know, I've heard people say, well, if she was unfaithful, then I, I can do the same to her. I'll just get her back. You know, he could have come up with all kinds of ways that he could have responded. But Joseph decided to offer grace and to let it go. I mean, think about it. Mary's struggling with fear. Joseph is struggling with resentment. Uh, it can happen today. I notice it in marriages all the time. Couples that are struggling with uh, anxiety and stress with each other or the hurts that they've called each other. Uh, what are you going to do? 
to have joy in your marriage, in your life, in your family, in your single life, in your Christmas. Look what Joseph did. Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was legally betrothed to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin and they had not come together, she became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph was a godly man who always did what is right. And he did not want to shame Mary or expose her to public disgrace. So he planned to quietly call off the wedding. Now that's an example of grace, right? He didn't uh, just dig it in. He didn't just um, decide to rub it into her. He just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer her some grace. Uh, I mean, who's hurt you? Think about the people in your life. Who's hurt you? Who's, who comes to mind when you think about the hurts that you are dealing with? Are you still carrying that around? I mean, I meet a lot of people that are carrying around such resentment over the hurts that have happened in their life. They couldn't enjoy Christmas if they had to. They can enjoy cute Christmas, but not internal transformation of what God is. You understand what I'm talking about today? Recognizing that we like to get back or we hold those things in us. I mean, I'm, I try to be a, a spiritual encouragement to you. I really care about you. I want you to have joy, but you cannot continue to carry around the hurts that have come along in your life in the, earlier in your life or in the last few years or so and continue to carry that stuff around and experience the kind of joy that God wants you to have. Would you just say amen? That might help me just a little bit right there. All right. Um, you, you have to uh, let it go. Let it go. Now, you, you know what? You're not, you're not helping a thing by holding on to your hurt. You're not helping anybody. You know, maybe you say, well, they don't deserve forgiveness. Uh, well, you're right. They probably don't. Uh, but God has forgiven you of all kinds of stuff, and you didn't deserve forgiveness either. You don't forgive people because they deserve it. Nobody deserves forgiveness. You forgive people because you don't want to hold on to your pain anymore. You don't forgive people for their sake. You forgive people for your sake. Good preaching, pastor. <laughs> See, Joseph didn't get all wrapped up in the darkness of it. He decided to offer grace. Look at this next verse. Matthew 1, 20 to 21. Now, if you ask people about what happened to Joseph, we know that God came to him and he had this incredible dream, right? He had this dream where God spoke to him. But I noticed there's a little phrase right before that. Notice it says, after deciding this. Nobody got blessed, but I did. <laughs> after deciding what? After deciding instead of revenge and shame, after deciding to offer grace, then God spoke to him and told him what he needed to know. After deciding this, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, the baby that Mary is carrying is really from the Holy Spirit, so go ahead and marry her, and when the baby is born, name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. Jesus means Lord is Savior. Now, because Joseph didn't get bitter, he experienced this incredible blessing. Can I just ask you today, what blessings are you missing from God because you continue to hold on to things that he wants you to let go of? Ways that he wants you to forgive. Ways that he wants you to, uh, to let go of those things that have been so hurtful for you. So he doesn't want us to be bitter. He wants us to be blessed. It's totally up to you. It's your choice. It's your choice about what you're going to do. And 
You know, I just want to encourage you this morning to make sure that this Christmas, uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the, Lord, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. So uh, it's not about anger management. It's replacing those hurts with joy. All right, I got one more. Uh, how do we deal with the anxiety? How do we deal with the hurts? Uh, number three, the third destroyer of joy is confusion. Confusion. Uh, when you get confused about your life, the joy drains away. When you can't figure out what you're supposed to do, uh, you're second guessing, you're filled with doubt, you're struggling with everything that's going on in your life. When you feel confused, you don't have direction, and it takes away your joy. This first Christmas, everybody was confused. Everybody but the angels. They all knew what was going on. Uh, but everybody else is confused. Mary's confused. I don't know what's happening. Joseph is confused. I don't know what's happening. The shepherds are confused. There's angels in the sky showing up. What in the world is this? The wise men are confused. King Herod was confused. Uh, all of them were confused. The Bible says all of Jerusalem was confused and upset. They were all confused. Now, these wise men, they had confusion to deal with. What direction do we take? The Bible says that they came from the east and they said, we have seen a star in the east. So they started heading west toward Israel. Now, we don't know exactly where they came from, uh, Persia or uh, Babylon or India or wherever, somewhere in the east. They've seen a star in the east and they are headed west. And notice they have no map. They have no schedule. They're confused. Uh, we know they're confused because when they get to Jerusalem, they're still asking for directions. I don't know how many other times they stopped and asked for directions. None of you guys would have, but, you know, we, we, they stopped and asked for directions. Now, the point is, is that when the wise men were confused, they chose to follow God's light one step at a time. They chose to follow God's light one step at a time. The scripture in Matthew 2 says... After Jesus was born in Judea during the time of King Herod, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have followed it here, seeking to find and worship him. Now Herod was deeply upset and bothered by their search, and so was most of Jerusalem uh, with him. Now, as you see, as you're walking along here, notice some things about these guys. They were seeking, they were looking, they were seeking to worship. Um, you know, Herod was struggling. He's having all these problems. Several, yeah, I just noticed that these guys are seekers of God. Seekers of God. Uh, would you be a seeker of God this Christmas? I, I don't know where you are for sure in your walk with him. I don't know how close or far you are from God. But you know what? One thing that shows great maturity is, is to be one that is seeking after uh, God. It's a good thing to be a seeker. Uh, it's a desire. These wise men sought God, and today we continue to seek Jesus as well. Uh, some people don't really care. Some people don't take time for that. They're just all just maybe wrapped up in the trappings of Christmas. But to really celebrate a joyful Christmas, know that you've got to follow the light God has given you. Now, what was this light? You know, it was a star, but it wasn't like star, any star we ever seen, right? Somebody said one, or wrote one time that they thought it was like Halley's Comet or something that went across the sky. Well, you ever seen Halley's Comet just stop outside of one house? <laughs> 
Now, that, this is an unusual kind of star, but it was the light that was given to show them the way. And when the light came, they followed it. When the light moved, they moved. When the, when the light headed south, they headed south. When the light headed north, they headed north. They are following the light that God had given to them and are doing it by faith. They didn't understand all the details. They just started out on this journey and followed the light that they'd been given. Uh, yeah. I'll just, I'll just remind you, you know, you got, you got, you got to follow the light. Oh, Herod didn't like it one bit. There's, there's probably people in your life that if you choose to follow Jesus the way that he wants you to follow him, some people in your family might not be real excited about it. Some people might not like that very much, but God's encouragement to us is that even in your confusion, even in your difficulties, follow the light one step at a time that God has given to you. We can see it in Matthew 2, the next verse. It says, King Herod sent them to Bethlehem with these instructions. Go and diligently search for and find this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. Um, he had no plans to worship him, right? Uh, he's not interested, but these guys are. And then the verse says, so they continued their search following the star they had seen in the east. It went ahead of them until it stopped exactly over the place where the child was. When the wise men saw where the star had stopped, they were filled with joy and rejoiced exceedingly. You know, filled with joy, filled with exceeding joy. In the Greek, that means really, 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 really joyful. Exceedingly great joy. Uh, you know, the problem with us is that we want a map. We want a map. We want God to lay it out. You know, if we're going to follow him, we want, we want to know everything about what's going to happen. You know, but um, you know, if you need a map, just get over it. He's not giving any. You know, he wants you to, you know, if you had a map, if you had a, a GPS that just showed you everything about what was going on in your life, why would you even trust him? He wants you to trust him. He's building your character. He's strengthening who you are. He's making you into the man, the woman that he intends for you to be. He wants you, you know, sometimes people would say, Pastor, I just don't know if I can handle what's coming up. Well, you know, the problem is he only gives grace one day at a time. You're not getting tomorrow's grace today. When you get there, he will give you the grace. He will not put more on you than you can bear because he gives grace in the moment. He gives grace in exactly the moment when you're in it. He wants you to have his direction. The Bible says his word is a lamp to guide me and a light for my path. So as you listen to him, as you follow his nudgings, if you invest yourself in the word of God, then you have opportunity to hear from him. The last, the last word to the wise men. They entered the place and saw the child with his mother, Mary. They were overwhelmed and fell to their knees, and they worshiped Jesus. Then they opened their treasure boxes and gave Jesus their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Have you met Jesus? Have you met him? Now, I didn't ask you if you knew about him. I'm sure you know about him. Everybody knows about him. These little kids up here today, they know about him. But the Bible encourages you as, as a teenager, as an adult, to really know him. How, how do you know if you know him? Well, one of the things I noticed was that when, when, this guy, when these guys saw him, 
they fell on their knees before God. You know, one of the ways you can tell if you really know God, if you ever had those moments in your life where you just want to fall in worship of a loving God who saved you, who gave his life for you. You know, the Bible doesn't say, have you gone to church your entire life or have you, have you done these different religious things? There's a difference between knowing about and really knowing. The second thing I noticed was that these guys gave everything they had. They gave their very best. They didn't send an angel. He's, he's, he sent these, these guys, they brought their treasures, and they opened them up before Christ. Have you lost your joy? Are you going through the motions? Are you going to have joy this Christmas? Or are you just going to kind of make it through? We could decide today, couldn't we? We could decide today what kind of Christmas you're going to have. What kind of internal things are going to happen inside of you through God? You got too many worries, too many fears, too many anxieties, all that stuff going on in your life. Trust him. Accept his plan for your life. If you're confused or struggling like Joseph, offer grace. Oh, man, there's some people at your house that would be so happy if you decided today, I'm going to give grace. I'm going to offer grace rather than being that grumpy old person I'm being right now. Offer grace. Let it go. Forgive. And when you're confused, just follow the light that he's given to you. Psalm 51.12 says, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Uh, as we close today, um, I wrote a prayer for you. It's on this, it's on this outline. I hope you'll pull that out. Um, sometimes uh, I, need, I need words uh, to help me. And so... Um, I wrote this prayer for us because I think if you, uh, if you would pray a prayer like this, pray it today, but maybe take it with you and think about praying this prayer. Uh, this prayer basically says, I don't want to have a joyless life. I don't want to just exist, but I need help from God. I need help from Christ. You know, your Christmas probably turn out all right on your own, but if, 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 you'll, if you'll get connected to Christ in a fresh way, what kind of Christmas could you have? What kind of Christmas could you have at your house and in your heart and in the, where you are and what you're dealing with in your life? Maybe you'd even restore some relationships that are a little broken. You definitely will be better off yourself. You see this? I think it'll be on the screen. Um, and it's definitely printed for you right here. So we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer. You know, it's all right to pray with your eyes open. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, because we're going uh, to pray this together. It's a beautiful Christmas prayer. It's already impacted me. Um, the way we'll do this is we'll read it pretty slowly, okay? Because I want you to think about these words. And then you got it where you can take home with you. Lord, we are about to pray this prayer. Let's pray that your spirit would be in this room and in our hearts as we reach out to you today. We pray that as cute as Christmas is, we pray that there would be such substantive change in our hearts. And we give you our prayer right now in Jesus' name. Ready? Dear God, 
I don't want to live a joyless life. All right, you got your got to clear your throat here a little bit. You know, you got to got to get yourself. We're uh, say it out loud. Say it strong. If you weren't saying it, I'm giving you another chance. So we'll start over. Ready? Here we go. Dear God, I don't want to live a joyless life. I don't want to just exist, but I have to let anxiety and hurt and resentment and confusion and a lot of other things steal my joy. This Christmas, God, I need help, your help. I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. I don't understand it all, but like Mary, I'm choosing to trust you and accept your plan for my life. I want to find my joy in you, not in other things. I want to find my joy in you. Like Joseph, God, I need you to fill me with your grace so I can let go of all the pain that has hurt me, so I can let go of all the people who have hurt me. I want the joy of the Lord to be my strength. God, like those wise men, I want to follow the light that you gave me one step at a time through your word and your spirit. What I'm saying, Jesus, is that this Christmas I realize I cannot save, heal, or fix myself, and I need your help. And I need a Savior, which is the whole reason you sent one at Christmas. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise his name. Trust him. Have a really merry Christmas beginning right now.